0: I
1: love my neighbor. Do you love them? Can I feel pain me they really need you. Welcome to Freedom to my Choose neighbor. from Just as I am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is He? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose.
0: Hello everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg, And my name is Susan Collenberg, And we'd like to welcome you once again to... Freedom to choose, and uh, we're starting a new series now. It's called "The Life," and uh, what it's about—what is it about, Susan?
2: It's going to be about the life of Jesus. Yeah, it's
0: going to be about the life of Jesus. And if you noticed a different uh, intro music, uh, did you know. notice it, Susan? I
2: did. It sounds really good.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I got together with an old friend of mine and his daughter, and we actually put together an album. And we went to uh, to J.K. Northrup's studio there in Carmichael, and uh, Put it all together and uh yeah, we're really pleased with it. It sounds pretty nice. In Carmichael,
2: California. Carmichael, California, yeah. in
0: case you're wondering. Yeah. Um, and uh so yeah, we put something together and that's the intro for the song uh, for the for the program.
2: And you know, and I think that it's a real testament to how um people can um you know, go through a lot of, of lots of downs in our lives and um how once we're restored back to some sense of of civility that God can, you know, it's a dream that you've always wanted to do was to create yeah. music, you know, that's something that it's a God-given gift of music is. And so to be able to come full circle because you left that a long time yeah. ago, yeah, and it's just nice to see that blossom again. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And so I just wanted to give a shout out to Johnny and Monica Wilberger and uh, J.K. Northrup, Steve Brown for helping us with these, uh,
2: with, the with the project,
0: project. Very talented, very nice people, and I'm just very blessed to be a part of uh, doing something like that. Yes. So anyway, uh, Susan, before we get started on the program, would you uh, start with a word of prayer, please?
2: Yes. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful uh, for this new day of life, for the new opportunity we have to come in and to um, examine and to uh, search your life that... Um, the things that we find and behold that we may be changed into your likeness. That's our goal for, for us as well as all of our listeners that um, our hearts are, are reconstructed and re- regenerated in order to have a heart that's more like yours. And we thank you for your spirit. Uh, we pray now that you will send it and that we'll all be open to uh, listening and changing. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. So once again, this series is The Life, and uh, this is, for your reference, this is program number one, and it's on baptism and metaphors, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, and of course we use metaphors a lot uh, as we talk in these programs, because Jesus spoke with so many metaphors, And um, but as we open up here, let's just talk a little bit. I'd like you to get in your mind and go back 2,000 years, because... Um, there's a lot of people 2,000 years ago that when they looked at Jesus, they knew that he was special. They knew uh, that there was something about him, you know. And um, I mean, it just reminds me back of uh, like what, when you and I went to Narcotics Anonymous, my word, 22 years ago, 23 years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you get clean, and after three or four years, you notice when someone comes in that there's, they're dark. Mm-hmm. When they first come in, right? They've been controlled by their natures. We call it tombstone eyes, whatever you want to call it. The people are are they're just shallow. A she- there's, there's shell, a of shell. People, just right. a shell there, right? Right, and you can tell, you know, and and uh, there's very little glow. I mean, I can remember. I mean, it's what happens when you you know, like I was. I can remember waiting at the liquor store at five thirty in the morning for it to open up mm-hmm. because that's I was controlled by my nature. Right, that's all I could think about was how numbing am I gonna, pain. How am I gonna right. get it? Well, you know, and then and, and when you see people first come in those doors of Alcoholics Anonymous or, or Narcotics Anonymous or whatever, they 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 look like that. When you're controlled by your nature, you lose that glow. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm
2: saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because the same thing happened when we went to church.
0: The opposite.
2: Well, well, kind right, of. yeah. So we you, we went in and we saw um, that the glow was there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Remember we stand on the steps uh, and going, you see the glow in their eyes. I know, and and so you
2: look. You know, we can look back and we can see, we recognized how destitute we are, and we were able to look at people and. And see this like glow in them. They were yeah. they were very very special people because they 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 appeared to um, have a sense of well being and fulfillment, and that that was reflected in their this how very they, countenance exactly. Yeah,
0: it's incredible. It's hard yeah. to describe. You know, that's where you get the term. Their lights are on, right? Right. Yeah. So um so when I'm sure, you know, when Jesus came to be baptized, I'm sure John saw something in him that he'd never seen before, you know. Uh, It must have been really inspiring, uh, especially in contrast to everyone else that had gathered around him at the Jordan. Because remember, these were people that understood their need. Right. And so they were, like I say, they're just walking into a meeting, you know. And in his ministry, John had met many people that were just enslaved by their own natures, if you will, but now he comes in contact with a person who doesn't have that, who actually has a different appearance. And I think it kind of sets the context for that baptism of Jesus, you know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, John is thinking to himself, how could this, this man, how could, this, this, um, how could he, a sinner, baptize someone without sin? And why should Jesus, who, who needed no repentance, submit to a ceremony that was a confession of guilt that needed to be washed away?
0: You know, it's good questions. I think as we go along, maybe we're going to self-answer that. Right. Okay? You know, because when Jesus asked, John, you know, he asked him, John, you know, baptizing John pulled back saying, you know what? I need to be baptized of you what do you ask me to baptize you? And then, of course, Jesus answers. He says, allow it not to be so, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. And John, following Jesus' instructions, led Jesus down into the Jordan and buried him beneath the water. And straightway coming up out of the water, Jesus saw the heavens opened and a spirit, and the spirit like a dove descending upon him.
2: Right, so Jesus went through the act of being baptized not because of the guilt of his own account it was so that he could identify with sinners and 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 be an example for us his life of suffering and patient endurance after his baptism was also an example to us and we were talking earlier so it's not that he could so much identify himself with With us us, but but we, we
0: could identify with him god doesn't have the problem we're the ones with the problem. God's trying to show us him, and so he comes down and he's baptized, right? So right. Now, once again, let's set let's get the right frame of mind. We're dealing with a metaphor. The ceremony of, ba- of baptism is just that. It's a metaphor. It's a public display that we show our friends and our family that we are allowing death to the old person and life to the new one, going into a watery grave, if you will, and coming out a new life. But it's just a metaphor, a ceremony. It does no good unless it's followed up by a life of the reality that the metaphor points to.
2: Right, which is a death to the The old old self. Right. Yes. It's just like a marriage ceremony. The ceremony is the beginning. It's a public display of, of the same thing. It's death to serving self and a life to serving someone else. But the ceremony doesn't do any good if it's not followed up by a life of action. Um, And this is the theme of the Bible, when we allow our old natures to control us, people get hurt. And so with marriage, you know, we've been married for quite a while, and I don't even necessarily remember too much of the ceremony. It was short and sweet, right? Uh, Yeah. But um, that is just that public... Public display, display of
0: one person giving themselves to another person right. and vice versa.
2: But the hard work and the real marriage ha- comes after the marriage. It's interesting. We spend so much time and so much energy and a lot of times so much money on a day. When it's a metaphor. It, right. And if we <laughs> could put that into the actual life, it would marriages, I think, would last longer.
0: Yeah. You yeah. Know? You know, and I know I, as I read this and I, 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 the notes here and as I look at uh, you know, our marriage, the I see the patience that Susan went through as I, you know, selfishly went along my way for a long time in the marriage and, you know, w- trying to grow up if you will. So we grow. up we're growing up together. Keep in mind when when you get clean and sober at age 41 for me and age 35 for Susan, we're just little kids. Right. We're little kids growing up together and learning how not to be selfish and, together. And and what
2: I think is is um applicable to people who are listening is that even though you may not have the start that we have, we all know that we need to grow up, right? So maybe the habits aren't as raw as an addicts are, but that selfish nature and how we can be hurt because of Um, you know, things that someone may say or may do. That's that, you know, you've talked about the the little boy that's inside. The little boy.
0: Right. Yeah, that little five-year-old boy. He's got the loudest voice because he's the oldest one in me. And there's
2: there's a little girl inside of me that still has her feelings get hurt, and it's, like, so unintentional. It's so we all need to grow up, and yeah. the, this whole goal of this program is to look at the life of Christ so that we can grow we up can into grow His up. likeness.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I liken it to being sunburned. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're emotionally sunburned, it doesn't matter whether somebody hugs you in love, or pats you on the back in appreciation, right, or swats you on the back uh, as a as a you know, abuse. You can't tell the difference because you're sunburned. It all right. feels the same. The pain is yeah. the pain. Yeah, right. and so when we have whatever past we have and we look through that lens, some of us can be emotionally sunburned in certain areas and all someone has to do is walk up and say a certain phrase and boom, it hits the sunburn spot and, right. then it, and it affects us. It pushes the button, if you will. And so um, that being said, we're, we, we all have those areas that, that need work and, and just the word need... We understand we have need mm-hmm. that's the only qualification for coming to Jesus is understanding that we have need
2: right it's when we don't have any need when we try to handle things on our own that we can get caught up into um, you know self protection all this other stuff so I like that it's our need that that it qualifies that qualifies yeah. us you bet
0: so when Jesus comes out of the water and he prays on the riverbank he was he was now coming face to face with the reality of his mission heading straight into conflict even though he was the Prince of Peace, his ministry was going to be like drawing a sword. The kingdom he'd come to set up was the opposite of the kingdom that the Jews wanted. Now, this is a really interesting part of, that I was thinking about, because there's a metaphor here also. See, the Jews wanted freedom from Roman rule, literally, but they missed the fact that Jesus was trying to free them from the Roman rule between their ears, because we, we all have that. Mm-hmm. the slavery of selfishness the slavery of sin it's all between us we're in bondage and we put ourselves under that rule by allowing by allowing it to happen and it, you know staying in in bad behavior we stay under that rule that bondage if you will Absolute, that roman rule
2: absolutely because it goes against what we all want our nature's want to be served right. but jesus is trying to teach us a new way Jesus was the foundation of the economy of Israel and um, would be looked upon by as its enemy and the destroyer of that just because he was trying to heal people from their biggest enemy and it was coming from inside their own head. Yeah. Their desire to um, be served, to want, yeah. to be on top, to take. Top, yeah. to take. Yeah, we and don't it,
0: realize that that's bondage. Right. That that, that puts us... In, like the metaphor of the Roman rule, right? See, they wanted him to come and put them on top, right? And push Destroy everybody their
2: down. enemies so that they could rule over them, mm-hmm. and that Jesus is trying to say the only destroyer is in between your ears. <laughs> yeah, That's your heart is what's going to end up destroying you. Yeah,
0: your your inability to forgive, your inability to love, your inability to to pray for your enemy, the your in-
2: inability to put others before you. Yeah, and right. all
0: that all that is uh, that Roman rule inside your head, right? You know. So Jesus was the one who had given the law on Mount Sinai. And, of course, remember, the Ten Commandments are the law of love. That's the don't take. You know, don't take your mother and father's reputation. Don't take someone's life. Don't take their stuff. Don't take their reputation. Don't take their wife. Don't lie about and them. And don't even think about taking. Yeah. Yeah. So, the t- so that's the law of love. So Jesus, he gives the Ten, ten Commandments that just simply say don't take. But there's no, That's a teaching tool. See, it's a teaching tool. There's no power in the teaching tool. There's no power in a rule, if you will. A rule or a law simply tells us when we're out of line and that we need to get help to find out why we're out of line. There's a law against drunk driving. The law tells you that it's wrong, but there's nothing in that law that can cure someone from the loneliness or the anger that's causing someone to drink too much and get behind the wheel of a car and endanger thousands of lives. See, the, the moral law, it's like an MRI. It's a diagnostic tool. It's a teaching tool. It shows the problem. And once the problem is revealed, you go to the doctor. See, and that's what the law is for. That's what the, 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 the Ten Commandments are for. It's like an MRI for the soul.
2: And, and, so, yeah, and you know, so it's interesting because Jesus was accused and condemned as a lawbreaker, right? He right. had come to break the power of Satan that we all battle with, and he, But he's denounced as Beelzebub. No one understood him, and during his ministry, he walked alone. Throughout his life, his mother and brothers didn't even comprehend his mission. Even his disciples didn't understand him.
0: You know, and that's—it's it, it, hard because you're trying to—I mean, imagine, trying to teach people that you, you've come to, to help them think straight. Right. You've come to help them not hate one another. And
2: And they've had had so many years and so much genetic and so much history that led them there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, this is from a book called Desire of Ages, uh, one of my favorite books. And it says, As one with us, he bears the burden of our guilt and woe. The sinless one must feel the shame of sin. The peace lover must dwell with strife. The truth must abide with falsehood, purity with vileness. Every sin, every discord... Every defiling lust that transgression has brought was torture to his spirit. That really makes you think as he walked and he just would say, Why can't you see? Don't you see? And then he would be so frustrated as people would just... Uh,
2: and and I think even a, a better um, adjective would be heartbroken yeah. as opposed to frustrated because he his whole, he, he, everything had rip, been ripped from... You know, from him, when 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 all this has happened, he looks upon you know the human race as his children, as his people, as you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. one of his. And to have the us end up where we're at, killing ourselves, yeah, yeah, and killing other people, yeah, you know, so that we can get what we want.
0: I mean, us on a rig, like no big deal. And and <laughs>
2: and Jesus even says, you know, even if you're not killing somebody, but you're thinking those thoughts, you commit murder.
0: Well, you and you can kill somebody with your words. Absolutely, I mean, we, just do it, we see it all day long. So hard to even watch the TV anymore. Just it's one jab after another. It's crazy, right? You know? We're just killing each other. Yeah, so
2: much hate. So how 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 do you suppose that works? Um, he bore our sins. Some say that there was a payment made. A, so Jesus came, he died to pay the penalty. To, so who was that penalty paid to?
0: Yeah, see, and 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 even more so. How do you move sins around? How do you move the responsibility for sins around? They're they're history. You can't change history. See, how about we look through a different lens for a second? Instead of looking through the lens of getting away with something and Jesus paying someone off, we look at our sins or what our sins or our selfishness does to God. What do you think it did to, to God, to Jesus, to watch his creation kill itself? Have you ever had a child that? or a loved one that you've had to watch as they did this to themselves do you not bear their sins is it not bearing with their behavior and the damage that they're doing torture in a sense you know we there was a, a, a young lady that we were working with at at the prison who got paroled down south and um, we worked with her for a while, then she went back out for about a year, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then she started calling again, and we worked with her again for about another year, and now we haven't heard from her in a while, right? Right? It's like it's tormenting for someone that you work, you know, you're trying to work with. You know what the recipe is. You know you can help them if they would only quote unquote listen, mm-hmm. but and it's so it's frustrating. It's it's hurtful. And in a way we're you know we're bearing their her, her sins you know we're just it it's it just tears you up right you know imagine what God's going because we can't comprehend his love right Just imagine what he's going through for each child, each one of
2: us who's gone astray. can't seem to get it you know right. So at the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit rested upon him and with outstretched hands he pointed to Jesus. John cried, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. I don't think that we grasp the significance of those words, the Lamb of God. You know,
0: and I wanted to kind of hint on that because, remember, we're going to look through a different lens here. See, we were talking a little bit about offering Jesus to God, but Jesus is God. See, Jesus is God's offering to us.
2: Right. A lot of times we say, well, we need to put Jesus in front of, in front of us so we can it, it, appease right. an angry God. All that is
0: is separation from God. That's more separation. Jesus is God's offering to us, right. a peace offering, if you will, an offering to say, look it, I'm here for your good. I'm not here to harm you. You don't have to run from me anymore. Look what I'll do. Look what I'll go. It's it's Jesus and his act on the cross that reconciles us to God, we're the ones with the problem. We're the ones that need appeasing. We're angry with God. We're in rebellion to God, right?
2: Because God and Jesus are they're together one. Said, in this. If the- you've seen me, they've seen the Father. Right? They're together in their plan of salvation. They have the same goals, and that's to reunite us with God. Yeah. So we don't need to offer anything to Jesus. God saying, "Here is Jesus to bring you back home to me." It-
1: He's exactly. he's
2: here for you look to show 3, you what I will do for you. Exactly, exactly. Right. John three sixteen. God so, so
0: loved the world that he gave his son to the world. So the whosoever believeth in him should not
2: perish. And so many times we look at God as being angry and vengeful and can't wait to get his revenge on those of us that have gone astray. And that's just not the real message of the Bible.
0: No, because remember we were talking about it earlier in the car. He wants to take out vengeance on the disease, right. the infection of fear and selfishness, not out on the person.
2: Right. You know just like a doctor.
0: Just like a doctor. A doctor hates the disease but loves the patient. Right. That's the way God is with us. But we've turned it around and we've we've been looking over our shoulder at a God with a clipboard and you know that's right. angry ready to nail us yeah. when we make he a mistake. He doesn't want
2: to eradicate us, he wants to eradicate <laughs> this the disease of sin, of fear and selfishness yeah. that reigns in us. Yeah, that you know it's our that'll sort of, kill us. It'll kill us. Right. It'll
0: take us down.
2: Right. It's the biggest cancer that there ever was on the face of this earth is sin and selfishness and fear.
0: Yeah, because I, I know when my that little guy that little 5-year-old is running my show, he's going to protect himself at your expense.
2: Right. regardless regardless
0: because if i let him have the loudest voice up in my head and i do what he says which for 41 years that's what happened right you know oh the loudest voice just go with it right Right. and now now i'm in charge of the committee so i i can't i have to consult god about this now you know what i'm saying and do what's right for everyone concerned because that little guy will get me in trouble you know every time yeah yeah so um you know Remember, even on Mount Moriah, told Abraham, God will supply the lamb. Right, he's it's, it's his offering to
2: us. You know, and when, when God um, spoke to uh, about Jesus, He said, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. With all our weaknesses, all our sin and weaknesses, we are not tossed out as worthless." He, he has made us accepted, accepted, accepted in the beloved. That's in Ephesians 1 6.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think when we can look at God through this lens and, and understand he's doing everything in his power to win us. Right. And we're doing everything in our power, it seems like, to shun him.
2: Right. He's brought salvation, he's brought a healing, healing. salve to our minds, yeah. to our hearts.
0: Yeah. And he's been chasing after, he chased after Adam in the garden, right? And he's been chasing after us ever since. And we've been running from God, and God has been chasing us, not to get us in trouble, we're already in trouble. He's trying to get us out if we'll just sit down and listen for a while and say, look, you're, you're Rich, Susan, you guys are scared little boys and girls. You need to, you know, let's sit down, let's talk about it. Tell me where it hurts, you know? And then once again, your need is the qualification, for uh, for your your coming to Jesus. And so looks like we got to wrap it up. This is our first program. And once again, this is program number one, Baptisms and Metaphors. And uh, give us a call, 916-645-1297. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose.
1: I love my Thank you for listening to freedom to choose there is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems unhealthy relationships or even imprisoned by some form of addiction rich and susan kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work they've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom if you'd like to order the addiction recovery workbook seven steps to freedom or the book Could it be this simple the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.